Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Natalie always knows to pray for my nerves because I, I, one of my fears is public speaking. And so doesn't it make sense that I would take on a role where I have to publicly speak week after week? It's one of those things that's a testimony that, uh, of submitting to God and, and telling him, you know, Lord, there are many times in life I just question your, your thinking process, and this is one of them. But I'm grateful uh, that God has given me an opportunity, I'm going to share a little bit about uh, that, to step into the role of interim pastor. So there's a little church, not quite even a mile from here, called Living Hope Covenant Church. It's just down the hill, uh, Union, um, just, just south of Woodman, uh, kind of hidden back a little bit. It's great space, seven acres. In the, if you walk along the Cottonwood Creek Park uh, Trail, you'll see the church right on the, on the corner there. Um, seven acres of land that uh, we're going to do some things with over the summer. Um, but I'm just excited for the opportunity to support this community of Christ believers whose pastor of 27 years is retiring. So you can imagine, 27 years, one pastor, he's the, the founding pastor of a, a, of a church plant, and, uh, and then, uh, then there's going to be me. Uh, they're going to go through a search process, and they expect that process to take anywhere from six months minimum, and that's kind of if things kind of move very, 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 very quickly, to a year. So for the next six months to a year, uh, like more likely uh, more towards the year time, I'll be worshiping and leading them through a process of of grieving, uh, their, the loss of, uh, of their 27-year leader and his family, and, but also celebrating the uh, ministry that has occurred at this, at this place. It's a, a small community of about 100 folks, uh, but they have a great heart for outreach and community connection and, and ministry. Um, and 27 years they've had that foundation, so I'm Grateful to step in to help them celebrate that, and then to have them take a look at who they are, who God is calling them to be, so that as they prepare and, and pray for uh, their next pastor, um, they'll know how to introduce themselves. Uh, and in the meantime, we will continue the ministry occurring there and, and even uh, move it forward. So I'm very, very excited for that. Um, we're going to, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that, that Peter and I are remaining members here because this is our, our home church. And after my time as an interim, um, I'll be, we'll be coming back home. Um, so you guys will just have to put up with that. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, we're going to take advantage of having a connection to our, our home church and Occasionally, I'm going to steal Jed to come and do worship uh, down the street to um, have Pastor Eric come and do a Sunday message or do some other uh, kind of teaching. So it's going to be a great ministry connection that I'm very much looking forward to uh, and looking forward to serving God and uh, being humbled, really, by 
the necessary partnership with the Lord in that way. Uh, I retired from being a hospice chaplain back in January, and I started asking, Lord, what would you have me do? A question I'm going to share with you all. And you got to be careful when you ask God that question because <laughs> he asks you to do something like step into your, one of your greatest fears week after week after week. Um, but it's by the power of the Lord. I'm so grateful for the music that we had today and the words that Jed shared. It's like he, he read my sermon, uh, like he shared my sermon, really. Uh, I want to talk to you today about a very important word that we get out of the time that we just celebrated, the time before the Lord at the table. The word is remember. I'm going to read first from 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 26, and hear God's call for us to remember. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Most Sundays here at SCC, we, we celebrate the sacrament of communion. And, and I'm so grateful that we do because it's a wonderfully powerful way for us to recognize and honor and intentionally declare the story of Jesus Christ, his story, and our part in his story. So to focus on this very important word we heard a couple of times, remembrance. Jesus wants us to remember. So I want to essentially help us look at the word remember so that we remember to remember. Because he said it a couple of times, and any time Jesus says something a couple of times, it's, he's pointing, really pay attention here. You know, working as a hospice chaplain, I often heard people say that they wanted their life to have meaning, that they wanted to be remembered for something. And I would often say to them, what, what would you want people to do to remember you? In what way do you want to be remembered? Well, Jesus made it clear. He, he wants us to proclaim his word his story, by action and by our voices. And he wants us to do this, not just once or twice or every now and then. He wants us to do this until he comes. So Jesus is going to come. It, it may be for us one at a time, or it may be for us all together. But he's coming. 
And we have a job to do until he comes. Think of the word remember. Normally we, dive, we can dive into the, the Greek or Hebrew uh, context of the word, but, but today I want you to think about the word remember from its English sound. Re, first part of that word, is something that is a prefix that means again and again. And member is the part of a greater whole. So we're being called to again and again and again live out the identity that we have as we declare the gift of Jesus and his sacrifice. We are members of Christ. And communion is our opportunity to come again to declare that membership with Christ and what he has done. That's why this table is only for those who call themselves Christians. We are to again and again and again come back to the table of our identity, of Christ's work on the cross, of the necessity of his death, essentially declaring, I, I need this. I need the work of Jesus Christ. I can't do without it. I need to remember that so that I live differently. As Alan shared with us last week, the American church has a tendency to be passive. But our membership in this group called the Christian Church is really to be anything but passive. Now, it's true that none of us is going to be the perfect member of our, our Christian life group, but Jesus wants us to give it our best shot again and again and again. And he graciously modeled for us many ways for us to stand in remembrance. I'm only going to mention a few today. Jesus remembers the need. He remembers our need. He remembers your need. He remembers our need individually. He remembers our need corporately. Out of the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 51, this is an example of, of Jesus pursuing the need. He said, What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Well, Jesus already knew this need, but he asked anyway. Why would he ask? Because Jesus is showing us that we need to ask. What's the need? How can I come alongside you? How can I support you? How can I walk this journey with you? What's the ministry need in people's lives? What situations are you aware of? Are you aware of the need? Are you paying attention to the need of others? 
my heading off to this other church was a result of my hearing of the need. The pastor came and asked me, Tracy, would you pray for this, pray about this? We need someone to stand in the time of transition. And you, with your background, particularly understanding grief and grief processes and life celebrations, we thought of you. So I prayed, and God said, yes, that's the need I want you to journey with. You may be the person to supply a need, or you may be a person who can point someone else to who will supply their need. Just this week, one of our elders, David Pelser, we, were, we had our elders meeting, our consistory meeting, and, and David knows that I have a son, one of my six kids, um, who's on the autism spectrum. And David had a conversation with one of his neighbors, not a neighbor that he knows very well, but this neighbor suggested a need. He has an adult son that's on the autism spectrum, and, and he had some concerns about how to come alongside and support his son through some transition time. And David remembered that I, too, have a son, an adult son, in the same way and have been through similar processes. So David came to me and said, would you be willing to connect with this neighbor of mine? I don't know if he knows the Lord, but he has a need. Would you connect with him? And absolutely. So David paid attention to the need. He remembered who he is. He's one who is to come alongside the needs of others. Because Jesus remembered the need. When you come to the table, it's for a time of reflection. You're thinking about how Jesus met your need. He sacrificed his life. He gave completely of himself. Take a minute when you come to the table to think about the need in someone else's life or the need in the ministry of this church. Ask that question, Lord, what would you have me do? It's a powerful question because we have a God who loves you enough to answer you. Jesus also remembers the grace and the blessing. From Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he's talking to Peter and he says, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I've shared with this church before the importance of living from our grace identity. You know, Jesus said these words to Peter, knowing full well that Peter was going to fall and fail and deny him again and again and again. But Jesus 
offered Peter this grace identity, this blessing of declaring him to be a foundational rock to the ministry that was going to change the world. So that when Peter did fail, he remembered the grace of Jesus and the blessing that Jesus had offered him. We need to remember who we are when we've blown it. And we need to be prepared to offer that same grace identity to others. It's Father's Day, and I, I get to celebrate having, without question, the world's greatest father-in-law. And I get to celebrate that I was wise enough and smart enough and blessed enough to capture the best father for my kids. I didn't have such a great father. There were a few things he was good at, but being a father was not one of them. He was a musician, very gifted musician, in fact. Um, and in fact, I'm going to give you a little picture of, of his musical ability in just a moment. He, he played with Duke Ellington and, and that type, so we're not talking about just a garage band kind of guy. Um, very, very talented. He had his own swing band, a 28-piece swing band. When he retired, I think, maybe he started the band in 1980-something, and the band continued until he died, uh, well, continued with him present until he died t about 10 years ago. And it's called Beasley's Big Band. Um, and I'm going to play a little clip of his music here. So if you want to run that, about 30 seconds, that you can, you can hear his arrangement of a song here. Not bad, huh? He wrote a lot of wonderful, powerful music. Jazz, swing ba uh, music, swing band, big band music. Incredible. But uh, wasn't a good father. Uh, in fact, I, I rarely called him dad. I, I, I usually referred to him almost in a third person. I would, you know, say you or... Uh, my father, I'm talking about him, but rarely did I use the term dad. Uh, but one day when he was, I think he was about 80, 85-ish or so, I think, um, he, had, he had cancer, uh, and he says to me, uh, daughter, I have something to tell you that I think you might want to hear. I said, okay, sure. Um, what is it? He says, well, God and I are square. I said, oh, okay, what can, you know, you want to tell me what that means? <laughs> and he said, well, daughter, I've given God a lot to forgive, and fortunately, Jesus can forgive it all. Yeah. yeah. And immediately I said, Dad, 
there is nothing more important or powerful that you will ever say to me. I'm so grateful we'll have eternity to hang out. And it felt good to call him dad. So I blessed him by calling him the name of who he really was, my dad. And he, I could do that because of the grace of Jesus Christ. So then a few weeks later, he asked me to do his funeral, to, be, to officiate his funeral. And I said, okay, Dad, what, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to say? And he says, well, I'm pretty sure you better talk about grace. Now, how cool is that? Remember the grace and blessing of Jesus. Ask yourself when you come to the table, as you're taking inventory of your own heart, are you the one needing to step into your grace identity? Or do you know someone else to, who needs to be reminded of their grace identity? As you come to the table, ask the question, Lord, who needs to be reminded of your grace? God is so good. And he calls us to remember. Jesus also remembered the power. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Isn't it great that God takes into consideration who we are and then he intentionally gifts us to serve his mission and ministry? God does this for us. He empowers us. He came alongside us before we were born. And then daily, he walks with us. He pursues us. If you don't know him yet, God's pursuing you because he's got something to offer you. The gift of his partnership in ministry. You don't have to come up with something that you're, to be something that you're not. He knows who you are, and he has that perfect gift in mind. And then, not only does he give you the gift, but he stays with you as Holy Spirit to empower you to live out that gift because he loves us that much. And if we remember who we are, there isn't a mission that we can't accomplish that God has called us to because he himself, it says, gifts us to serve his mission and ministry. 
He wants to offer us the full measure of himself. One of the reasons I'm excited to head off into this, uh, being sent off into this mission, and I'm kind of considering it that way, is in the same way that, that uh, Paul and Barnabas were sent off from their home church in Antioch, I'm being sent off from my home church to head down the street, but I'm taking with me some great resources. I'm going to be walking the leadership team and uh, leaders of ministry teams over there through Pastor Eric's uh, book, um, Jesus' Big Idea. So taking a part of us with me, going to be talking about the five-fold ministry of Christ represented in the scriptures that I just read. So ministry is moving because there's such sound biblical teaching in that. I thought, this is a great opportunity to share this with another community who loves the Lord and wants to grow in who they are. And I've grown under this teaching. So I get the opportunity to share it, God's empowerment of my gift because I'm remembering who I am. I'm Tracy Hiltz. I don't like to talk in front of people. But God has said, Tracy, you're a pastor teacher. You got to walk that walk. I will give you what you need. I will empower you. I will be with you. I will be connected to you. I will enrich you. I will heal you. I will comfort you. I will challenge you. And I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. So I get to be excited about what's coming next. When you come to the table and you're asking God, Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, who needs to be reminded of your grace? Don't forget to ask, Lord, who are you gifting me to be? Who are you, God, gifting me to be? And this God, he's going to answer you. Doesn't matter if you're seven or 107. He's going to answer you. Your job is to remember. Remember who you are again and again and again. Remember who Jesus is again and again and again. We who know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're in a powerful, incredible group. I'm glad to be a member of this community. I'm glad to be a member of the greater church with this community. So though, even though we're heading out, 
you guys are not going to be far from my heart. I will feel the blessing of my time with you where I've grown and been challenged and encouraged. I'm taking that with me as part of God helping me to remember my call. So thank you. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for this great community who knows that they belong to you, whose desire is to grow and to learn and to be established in their membership of your family. Lord, would you bless them, overwhelm them with your presence. Holy Spirit, you and your power and your authority rests upon this place. So along with you, God, I anticipate hearing the goodness of their remembrance of you as they live out the story of your life and your death. I bless them as I bless them as a family of God. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and your enoughness upon us. In Jesus' name, amen.